You're listening to We're Only Human, hosted by Ben Eubanks on the HR Happy Hour Podcast Network. We're Only Human focuses and highlights how modern technology and new ways of working are creating a more people-centric workplace. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.h3hr.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to We're Only Human. I'm Ben Eubanks, your host, and I am honored to have you here. You know, as a researcher, one of the areas I'm looking forward to be to studying uh, in 2018 is the impact of AI or artificial intelligence on HR in the workplace. And I mean, it's everywhere. Everybody's talking about it. But I think this is going to continue to be a more important conversation as technology continues to intrude upon more of our white collar labor force as we see more things changing and automating and we're just going to see more of those kind of things in the coming year. And so I'd love to explore that from kind of an HR perspective, specifically, how does this impact HR and recruiting? You know, there's nothing more human and personal than work. So it's an area that I fully expect to explore with a very practical bent to the conversation, not just the theory behind it, but the practical impacts, what it's going to mean, what it's going to do, things like that, and how these tools can help us to do our jobs better, hopefully. So that's part of why I reached out to the guest that's going to be on the show today. You know, we hear all the time about uh, self-driving cars and automated trucks and things like that. That stuff's still not fully baked, right? They're they're testing, they're they're playing with that, they're they're trying to work those those kinks out and everything else. But at this point, we still have a large number of human drivers navigating the roads, keeping the nation and the world's economies chugging along. But the trucking and logistics industry also has its troubles. Driver shortages, high turnover, low engagement, tough work, and really just a tough work environment as a whole. So today I'm actually going to speak with Randy Swart. He's the chief operating officer at A. Dewey Pyle. They're a trucking company up in the New England area. And I want to understand some of the impacts of the profession on the nation's economy, but more specifically, how his company has been able to really dramatically outperform their peers in the industry with low turnover, high employee engagement, and a really, really phenomenal corporate culture. And again, that's not a just a buzzword. He's going to get some specifics about what that looks like, what their values are, things like that. It's a really, really neat conversation. I highly encourage you, if, you, if you're able, if you're not driving or running or whatever else like I am when I'm usually listening to podcasts, I highly encourage you to take some notes because Randy actually breaks out his company's playbook and he shares some concrete ideas for how the company accomplishes those feats. And the takeaways and insights are really incredible for your employers if you're looking to you know, improve your onboarding or even just saying, hey, we've got to get our employee experience up to par. We've got to do something better here because what we've done so far isn't working. So thanks again for listening. If you find the show interesting or helpful, feel free to share the episode with your friends and peers in the industry. I'd appreciate it. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Today I have on with me Randy Swart. He's the COO of Dewey Pyle, and he's going to talk to us a little about their company, a little bit about their industry, and teach us all a few lessons, I think, that we can learn as employers to help us run a better company, have a better culture, maybe even retain some of our employees, which I know is a challenge that a lot of companies face, especially in the times of tight labor markets, scarce talent, things like that. Welcome to the show, Randy. Well, thank you very much. I, uh, I really appreciate you having me on today. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, before we dive into some of that stuff I kind of alluded to, take a minute or two, tell us who you are and what you do. Well, my name is Randy Swart. I work for A. Dewey Pyle. I'm the Chief Operating Officer. Um, my A. Dewey Pyle is a uh, northeast regional uh, solutions provider for supply chain. 
And really what that means is we're an asset-based company. We have our own drivers. We have our own trucks, uh, we, our own warehouses. Our primary businesses are our LTL, uh, which is less than truckload. We operate in the 13 states up in, up in the New England market. Um, we also have about 2.2 million square feet of warehouses in the, also in that same footprint. And we operate what's called a custom dedicated, where we, we operate fleets for private companies that uh, don't want to either take the risk for operating their own fleet or their core competency isn't in operating a truck fleet, so they actually have somebody else come in and operate their trucks, but it protects their capacity in what they're doing, probably our fastest growing area. Uh, area. As I said, we've been around for about 93 years. We have uh, 1,100 uh, drivers, about 2,800 trucks, and our fleet is really um, set up. We're a, we're a company that's set up for the Northeast. Um, we have a heated fleet because it gets cold here. We have an air ride fleet because uh, many of the roads up here, because it gets so cold, are, are, uh, are bumpy and rocky, and so it protects the, protects the, the freight. And... Um, uh, we're growing. Um, we've uh, we've enjoyed the uh, the ride with the economy, and uh, we've uh, we've benefited from it and, uh, and appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, kind of a leading us right to the next question. I want to ask you about because you live and breathe this stuff every day. But for the sake of me and my listeners who don't spend our days operating in that industry specifically, can you give us some sense of the scale of it in general? Tell us about the industry as a whole and kind of how does it impact the economy? Because I've, I've always heard that there's a big impact, but it's just this, this general idea in my head. I don't know how big of an impact that really is. Well, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some numbers, but I'll also the, – the best way to think about it is really nothing gets anywhere on any store shelf um, to any airport, away from any airport, to any, anywhere without a truck. Somewhere a truck and a truck driver is involved with um, either delivering raw goods, picking up finished goods, uh, delivering to warehouses, picking up from a warehouse to a retail facility, and many times actually making the final mile delivery, depending on the size of the equipment or size, to somebody's house or business. So it is, if the trucks shut down for a day, the economy would basically stop for a day. It's, uh, it's really that impactful. Um, from, a, from a dollar value, uh, it's, it's really figured that in, in uh, overall dollars, um, truckload is the largest segment. So I'll break it in three segments just for, for truckload is when somebody ships an entire trailer of freight from one shipper to one consignee, one destination. Um, less than truckload, LTL, which is our primary business, is when somebody is shipping freight that is larger than a package but smaller than a truckload. It might be a, a, a pallet of, of windows. It could be a pallet of toilet paper. It could be, it could be anything but somebody didn't order a 53-foot truck full. They just ordered one pallet. They ordered 20 cases. And that's what an LTL carrier does is they just they pick up from various customers, they consolidate it to an area it's going, and then they take one truck out there, unload it, and various drivers take it out for final, the final mile delivery. 
And then lastly, the private fleets of the, of the world. Those are, those are trucking, those are companies whose generally their core competency is something else. Uh, for instance, a, a grocery chain, uh, their, their competency is, is running grocery stores and moving the, the various products through to it, not necessarily the trucking, hiring truck drivers, buying trucks and maintaining all the regulations. So those private fleets, they have a private fleet of trucks that they can run themselves or they can hire somebody else to run them, but it ensures that they have capacity year-round. They're not susceptible to the, the highs and lows of how the economy might be going or seasonality, which, which might be taking trucks into or, or away from the uh, availability. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks for that kind of level set because that helps to understand. And that, that's the, the comment you made about you know, something on a shelf, nothing gets there without a truck. That's, that's something I've, again, heard in the past, but I wanted to, to confirm that with somebody that actually knows, knows what they're talking about instead of, uh, instead of just hearing it kind of hearsay. So that's good to know. Um, one of the things that I really was curious to talk to you about is that, you know, you mentioned truck drivers. It seems like every single week I see something in the news about driver shortages, hiring challenges in the field. You know, tell me a little bit about the big picture view of those challenges because it seems like this is mission critical for the economy. You know, a lot of employers depend on that, the you know, supply chain aspects of that and everything else, and so it could, it could be incredibly impactful to a lot of businesses. And I think that most of us in general that, again, aren't facing that challenge every day don't realize the scope of the challenge that uh, kind of the driver shortages and things are, faced, are, uh, are bringing about. Driver, driver shortage is real. Uh, you bring up a, a very good point there. Um, it, and and it's, it starts, uh, the, I guess I'll start at the very end of a, of a cycle, the life cycle of a driver. Um, the drivers in general in the nation are getting older every year. When, you look, when we look at the average age of a driver that's working for a fleet or a private, uh, a private fleet or public fleet, um, they are getting older each year than the average age, which really tells us that that young people aren't getting into our industries. It's uh, it's not a it's not a, uh, a a career of choice many times. And asking ourselves why that's the case is is critical. Um, I've heard people say that, gosh, when they're sitting around the coming up on, on uh, the holidays and they're sitting around the, the table, they're probably not encouraging their, their kids and their grandkids to say, oh, gosh, um, why don't you become a truck driver? Um, they, it's, they, a lot of people are going to college now, um, and we're the, some of the regulations actually make it very difficult for young people to get into trucking, into the supply chain. You can't even get a license, a, a, a commercial driver's license, CDL, until you're 21 years old. So somebody graduating from high school that has, maybe doesn't wish to go to college, um, they need a job. And they can't go and get a commercial driver's license, so they take a job in another field. And they might be very proficient in that other field. It could be in the building trades. It could be in automotive repair. It could be in a lot of things. And they, they start a family, and they start earning um, a living wage. And then at 21, when they can get a driver's license, they're already set in that business. 
So they don't necessarily make the decision to get out of what they're doing and go get a driver's uh, a license, a commercial license. So we compete with just a, a, a regulation that keeps people from getting into it. It's also a, a lifestyle choice in many. The, uh, we, we talk about a, a, a balance, a work-life balance. Um, it's it, the, the, you know, a driver who's driving across the country um, they, they're out for sometimes uh, long periods of time. It's just because they can't be home, and, and that's, that's difficult on a family. Even drivers that are home every day, if you think about customers that want to receive freight from 8 o'clock in the morning to 5 o'clock in the afternoon, their work hours, while that's a normal work day, the driver had to be in motion before 8 o'clock to be there, and the driver had to be in motion after 5 o'clock to drive back to wherever they need to go. So it just makes a very long day um, for, for the driver. The, the last part that's really hitting the driver, uh, potential driver shortage right now is the, the electronic logging devices that will be required in the trucks as of the beginning of 2018. Um, it really is going to hold drivers accountable to ensuring that they don't drive long hours. They're regulated on the number of hours they can drive in a day and, and be on duty. And in the past, they've just been able to write it down on a piece of paper. So at times, it's probably not as accurate as it could be. Now that they're going to electronic logs in the truck, it actually tracks them via, is the truck moving or not moving? And so some of those errors that might have been made before in paper, tracking no longer will be available. So it's, it could, it could uh, make the already a tight driver supply um, even tighter. Wow. So talk about what it's like, because those things are, are hitting the, the individuals, the people that are doing this work pretty hard. The, the retention rate, I know, is something pretty rough. Do you have, uh, do you have anything handy to talk about the reten- that uh, turnover rate, I guess, in terms of what that population looks like? Well, the turnover rate is very specific to the type of work that a driver is doing. So in long-haul trucking, uh, meaning going cross-country, being out in a truck, sleeping in the back of a truck overnight, the turnover rate at at some companies is is excess of 80 and 90% per year. Um, It's a a difficult lifestyle. A lot of people, it's their first truck driving job, and so they don't – they don't stay on it. They get their experience there and move to a different portion. LTL drivers, P&D, most of those drivers are either, either at home every day, so the turnover rates in those uh, industries are a little bit lower. It's still a long day. It's still hard work. It's still general dealing with the public, both as customers and as the motoring public. So it can be a very, very stressful, but they're home every day. A turnover rate for, for us runs right in the 10 to 11% range in general, which is low um, because we have a lot of things that are in place that, that uh, recognize our employees, help our employees, give them a career paths and things like that. And then lastly, you have the private fleets. Most of the private fleets are also just out during a day or during a night so that they get back. They generally only make one stop. And the private and dedicated fleets seem to have pretty good retention. It's probably in the 30 to 40 percent of a turnover rate, um, but that's that's much better than the cross-country truckload carriers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, talk some more about those elements that you have in place for your own staff, because I think those are the those are really intriguing to hear. You know, the numbers are are 
staggering when you think about that impact to the business and how do you um, I can't remember if I said said this to you in our in our um, earlier conversation, but I can't imagine even trying to maintain a business that's running you know these huge numbers of turnover, much less actually like you were saying earlier, you're growing, you're expanding, you're you're hiring more people. How do you do? This? You can't even do that. I can't imagine when you're when you're turning over that many people. So talk some more about those specific elements that you think contribute to your retention rates being much better than the average. Well, um, we've been around for 93 years, and some of the things that we've learned, um, our core values particularly, our number one core value happens to be empathy, and it's treating people well. It's treating people like they'd like to be treated and as you'd like to be treated. And so uh, we call it a sustainability or a stewardship of, of our employees. Um, when we bring in a, a new employee in, for instance, we don't just say, hey, gosh, we're busy and hand them the keys to the truck and say, you know how to drive a truck, you've delivered freight before, go do it. We actually invest in that employee before, before a new driver hits the street for their first day, has, has generated any revenue for them. We actually have them into our, our home office here in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they go through a week-long training program. Um, much of it is things they've seen before, but we want them to recognize how we do it as an organization and why pile, the stability of pile is out there and the value that, that just being a pile employee in a pile truck and treating the employees well and the, the customers well, what that means to us and why it's so important that they're part of the legacy of our culture in front of our customers. So the safety and training, the investment before you expect um, efficiency from the employee is, 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 pretty, is pretty large. We also focus on safety. Um, you know, as the employees get into the trucks, while you, while you hear of the Adonis trucks and in the future they're going to drive themselves, today they don't. And so offering an employee a comfortable, safe truck uh, and equipment is very important to us. Um, as technology changes, um, making sure that you introduce the employees and you introduce that into your fleet and how that's going to affect them and, and make their life um, better. For instance, many of our trucks at this point has forward-looking collision mitigation systems on it. It helps the drivers. It makes them be aware if they're getting into a situation, and the truck can help them make really good decisions. Um, as, we, as we lane control, if a truck doesn't have a turn signal on and strays from the lane, they get a, a beep before they really get out of their lane or before they go off a road that tells them, hey, be aware, um, you're, you're going out of your lane. Um, you, have to, you have to hook up and drop trailers, and that's a lot of work. There's a lot of stress and strain doing those type of things. So we've automated a lot of those things. They have a button in the cab now. They can just push, and it will release the trailer so they don't have to go out and, and undo the couplings on their own. All of those type of things make the driver's job a little bit easier, make it safer for them, so they go home in the same condition that they reported to work in. And that's an important factor for us. One, one, we want to retain the employees, but we want to retain healthy employees that, that value their job and, and see that we're investing in their future. And that, that's part of what helps with our retention rate. Retention rate is also, do you stay up with technology? Um, 
getting behind technology, doing things old way when they see other companies out there doing it a different way or using technology, it's a big deal. And employees want to be proud of their company. They want to see that their, their company is keeping up with technology. They want to see that their company is keeping up with things that are important in their communities. Um, the investment in sustainable energy type things. We've invested in in uh, some smaller vehicles that are actually hybrid electric trucks. We've, we've invested in things that make the trucks m more fuel efficient. While that helps our bottom line from, from miles per gallon, it's also gratifying that they know for, for every gallon of fuel, we post and we let them know, here's our carbon footprint. Here's how we reduced our carbon footprint. Um, we've, in, we've put uh, solar on many of our warehouses so that, so that we're able to use energy from that. Our employees are proud of that. They, they're able to go home and say, oh, gosh, we have uh, solar electric at our warehouse. But doing things that make the, the employee proud of the organization, uh, pleased to say they work for Pile uh, when they're talking to their friends and um, ensuring that they, they know the company is sustainable so they have a long career with the company and job security is, are, are very important parts of, of retention. Wow. That's so many good examples there. One of the things that popped in my head when you said safety a minute ago, there's a, I recently read a story in a book, and it was, it was so fitting, and it reminds me, again, I don't know the name of the company that this is from, but it reminds me of something that I would expect one of your drivers to say based on what they were talking about. They, the, um, actually, what, to, to hear something about this. Anyway, so this, this woman is driving down the road, and traffic stops suddenly, and she slams on the brakes, and she looks up in her mirror and sees this truck bearing down on her, and they, they stopped just in the nick of time. And uh, she was you know, terrified for her life and could have easily you know, been a very bad situation. Well, later she, sent, she actually hand-wrote a letter, sent it in to the company saying, hey, I just wanted to thank you because your driver was paying attention, was alert, was focused, and you know, saved my life that day, the life of me and my kids, basically, in the car. And... Um, that's the kind of thing that it reminds me of, someone being really proud of the work they're doing and giving someone, giving someone a work environment that helps bring out the best that they have to offer, helps bring out you know, the things that motivate them and so on. And you gave a lot of good examples of that, whether it's in the, the energy efficiency piece or even the, you know, hey, we're going to invest in you, we're going to train you and teach you before you ever make us a dollar. We're going to invest and pour into you because we know that you're that valuable to us and we're not just going to like you said, hand you the keys and say, good luck. Yeah, it's, you know, the, the, you, a lot of companies do a lot of things right, um, but they fail to communicate them to their employees. Um, I think the, as we, we do all these things, we're thinking of sustainability, we're thinking of, 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 of how to have safe environments, but communication is a is a huge tool, and while you you note that uh, you know a, a motorist uh, took the time to rely relay a very positive thing, um, you know looking to see internally at the company. We, several years ago, we actually put up TVs in in all of our dispatch offices. And it tells the drivers how we did the prior day. It tells all the employees, not just the drivers, but it tells all of them how we did the prior day, what our service was, what our, what our efficiency was, things that they can know, new customers coming on board, maybe how to handle their freight. Um, it shows in between, it shows the weather, it shows traffic issues in their current area. 
all things to educate the employees a little bit more of so that they can safely finish their day, but also they know at the end of the day, how did the company do? Um, all these things we talk about, how did we actually execute on them? We use those TVs for recognition of drivers for their, their years of service, their, their years of safe driving, um, and recently we've been using them a fair amount just to talk about career paths for employees. Um, a, well, it's, well, it's really great to have a driver and we need drivers, we love drivers, we hope they drive their entire careers. Some people that come to work for us as a dock worker who move to drivers, they want more and showing an employee that they don't have to go somewhere else to get more, that there's a career path, whether you started as a dock worker or you started as a college graduate, our leadership development courses. Um, we have a goal of 70% of promotion from within our organization to the next position. So people really, they understand the business because they came up through the business and were given the opportunity, and that's very valuable for us. Um, Diversification with uh, employees and diversity. Uh, we're very proud of the, the number of, of women that have, have moved through our system. We always want to have more women drivers, and, and I think all, cusps, all companies struggle for that. But within the other areas of our organization, um, having, having women who, have been, who are successful and are in those positions so when they interview new people coming on board, they see that there's a, just a lot of opportunity and it's not gender specific. It's, very, if, it's ability. If you're, if you're good at it, um, you, you're promoted and having women in the higher levels of the organization, they send that message out every single day. Uh, about the opportunities within. So there's a lot of things that have to do with, with uh, retention and recognition that all culminate together towards sustainability of, of, your, of your model. Absolutely. Sustainability of your workforce, really. I mean, it's, it's leading the business, it's driving the business, and, and like you said, a lot of employers don't put that much intent, intentionality into how they approach those things, and even the, the smallest things, like helping someone understand that, yes, there is something beyond this job. Here's your, here's your potential career path. Here's your options. Even those, those small things that really they cost nothing to help, help them see those future paths and may benefit the company, companies, a lot of employers just don't do a very good job of that. So, I, I'm, goodness, so many good lessons here. If I had to ask you to, to boil it down, um, do you have a couple lessons that you would give for other employers, regardless of their industry? How can they treat their people better? How can they create their own sort of culture that really makes the people feel like they're appreciated and valued and enables them to do their best work every day? I'll go back to my um, communication and engagement um, comments. Um, I think if companies think for the next five years in the future, and they say, what would we like to accomplish, not just from a how much revenue do we want or how much and how much profit do we want, but they really look and they say from a succession planning, from a communication, from just improving the environment that our employees, how can we engage our employees better? What do they want? And actually ask the employees what they would want. Most of the things that we've found that our employees want don't cost us anything. They change how we communicate or they change how we might do a process or something, but a majority of them are fairly simple, are fairly straightforward, 
And when we engage them and empower them to do the job and train them to do that, um, we get huge benefits. And the biggest benefit is stability. Um, not having to bring somebody in and retrain them to do a job, um, even a simple job, uh, just is, is very important. And I think employees appreciate being involved and able to give suggestions and they are it's hard to hard to it's hard to actually articulate that when they see one of their ideas up on our up on our TV screen and they see their name below it that says such and such brought this forward we've implemented it this is how it's working and these are the the uh, ramifications from it um, how engaged that person can be and other people um, seeing that gosh you can have an input you can make a difference and that's that's what keeps employees coming back each day is knowing that they they made a difference. They weren't just a, a number or a profit item to the bottom line. Awesome. Randy, this has been really informative, really helpful. And I know that the other HR leaders, business leaders that listen to the show, it's going to help them improve their own results too. There's some really good takeaways here. I really appreciate you taking some time to chat with us today. Well, thank you very much again for having me on. I really appreciate it. And uh, I, uh, I look forward to listening to them in the future. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody else, for listening in today. I appreciate you. Um, this has been Eubanks, We're Only Human, and I will catch you next time. Thanks for listening to We're Only Human with Ben Eubanks on the HR Happy Hour Podcast Network. To learn more and to listen to the show archives for We're Only Human and all the HR Happy Hour Podcast Network shows, go to www.h3hr.com. And remember to subscribe to the HR Happy Hour Network podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast player app.